and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. This is Tyler Davidson. I am Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And today we are joined by Scott Steinberg, President and CEO of BizDev, the International Association for Business Development and Strategic Partnerships. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Of course, Tyler. How's it going? Very good. Very good. Uh, this waiting for all this shutdown business to end. And uh, I guess as we all are, huh? That's right. That's right. I like to refer to it as an extended vacation. Maybe not an intentional vacation, but a little time down nonetheless. Right. It's like a vacation, except instead of a on the beach with a with an umbrella drink, you're just like stressed out. All day. <laughs> that's right. You're wearing a 95 mask sipping through a straw. Exactly. Well, well, you're the guy to ask about uh, what's uh, what's going on, I guess, now and especially in the future, because you just released the future of meetings and events. What's next um, for the event planning business and some really eye opening uh, findings in there. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know uh, about this survey, um, how you did it and some of the key findings? Sure, absolutely. So we looked at a cross-section of meeting planners and event planners and hoteliers and hospitality pros from different industries and different areas of the country. And what we found was that actually folks are quite optimistic. So a lot of people think that by about September of 2020, live events will be returning in palpable force. Although what's kind of fascinating is that seven in 10 meeting planners think that virtual and hybrid meetings really are going to be the future. So it's not going to be an either or scenario. In fact, what's going to happen, they say, is there's probably going to be fewer of the large conventions and events that are over 5,000 people. And what you're going to see is more and more hybrid events with smaller live components. Could be 50 people in a room, 100 people in the room, but also a very robust online and digital presence. So the good news is I, I think a lot of folks in the industry expect meetings and events to bounce back very quickly. And in fact, most say that within about six months, we'll be clear of the rubble. Uh, but what's also fascinating is that trends in digital transformation are only accelerating. So things that started happening before the pandemic, the move to online and virtual events are now being accelerated as a result. of it. And what do you think the rollout is going to look like? Um, I've been curious as to, you know, what are we going to see in uh, the first three months, then the three months after, and then a year? I don't know if those that's like an accurate time periods, but um, how do you think this is all going to roll out till we get back to uh, maybe the old normal? I don't, I don't know if that's right, but uh, what do you what are you seeing in your crystal ball? Yeah, I think it's going to come in phases like you just described. So what you're finding is that roughly about seven in 10 meeting event professionals have actually rebooted live events as virtual and online programs. But at the same time, what you're seeing is that about half of suppliers are still trying to adapt their strategies to operate in this kind of world. So we all know that technology is the future. We all know that event planners will be increasingly embracing online tools. But probably what it looks like in the two to three month horizon are more and more of these bite sized virtual events and online summits. I haven't seen one that's actually taken more than about two or three hours worth of time in any given day. And eventually six months out, 12 months out, we'll roll out into bigger programs where you have multi-track conferences, breakout rooms, and, and full-scale virtual events that will live alongside the actual uh, real-world events as well, 
that will be something resembling a grand scale conference. But for the moment, I think what you're going to see are some halting efforts. They'll have Zoom style presentations, but they'll also have workshops, keynotes and seminars and the like in a series or as a package, maybe even a roundtable. More and more of those happening in the next few weeks and months here. But again, I think it's going to take time because of that slow rollout uh, to getting technology expertise and getting expertise in running virtual events before we see large-scale programs, the likes of what you might expect from a TED conference. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting aspects of, of all of this is everyone, including myself, has uh, sort of been forced to just jump into the, the deep end of the pool on things like Zoom conferences and, and breakouts in, in Zoom and, and having even, even relatively simple conferences uh, over the internet. Um, and so, you know, I'm guessing people will be more prepared and will maybe more easily adopt to offering those, uh, that sort of uh, solution, uh, even if it's uh, just as a hybrid function of a live event. That's right. That's right. And I think that's the big takeaway is that things are going to have more and more of an online component to them. So we're not getting rid of those face-to-face live in-person interactions. We're going to try and preserve those as much as we can, but more and more components of a conference or a meeting or seminar are going to shift to online learning and online presentation programs. Uh, Although the irony is actually some of the other findings, for example, is that even though there's going to be 42% less demand for in-person meetings, at least people seem to envision in the near future here, the trouble is event budgets are shrinking by about yeah. and all that. I was just going to ask you about that. Uh, what, what are you seeing as far as uh, this, these uh, spend uh, in the budgets? Yeah, the budgets are definitely going down. I don't think there's any question about that, uh, even as expenses are going up, right? Because more and more planners are having to think about safety, having to deal with food service. Uh, how do you make sure that everybody's adhering to best practices, you're maintaining social distancing while you're attempting to gather large groups of people? And in fact, the other thing that's kind of concerning for meeting an event planner seems to be that they really have to rethink best practices around their craft here, right? Because it's one thing to build out an event where everybody's getting together, there's catering, you're, you're getting together at events uh, and you're networking in mass. And now we have to think about how do we introduce some barriers between people for very practical reasons, but at the same time, we need to preserve that sense of connection and togetherness. Yeah, and I, I've been following this, of course, and, and uh, engaging with our uh, readers a lot and, and doing webinars, et cetera. And there just doesn't seem to be concrete rules and protocols yet. I know a lot of the major hotels have issued very uh, detailed uh, procedures and protocols. Um, I just finished a story about Las Vegas reopening and the Nevada Gaming Commission has very detailed and stringent protocols. Um, But I just don't get the impression that um, it's anything that's set in stone right now. Uh, you know, what are you seeing there? Is is the government going to jump in or is it up to states or local jurisdictions or, you know, what is how can a planner go about planning with in this environment? Yeah, it's not easy. It's largely being left up to the individual venue and the individual event planner. So it would be my hope that governments and states would provide some guidance and regulation going forward. I think a lot of them are scrambling to play catch up just the same way that the rest of us are. 
The challenge being, of course, that without much history to go on and without much precedent, we're all kind of having to figure it out as we go. So it's becoming much more challenging for meeting and event planners going forward. But at the same time, if you think about it, this is one of the most resourceful and inventive industries out there. And what you're seeing is that in individual areas of the country, people are coming up with novel ways to do this. And actually, in fact, I saw the city of Miami Beach, Florida, they just introduced a program where hotels, restaurants, event venues could get certified as meeting stringent safety standards going above and beyond the baselines. And in fact, if they do that, you'll get stickers and decals to place on the window and around the premises, just like you might if you were to get an award on Yelp or Zagat or from one of the other major food blogs. And I think a lot of this is the key is going to be assuring potential delegates that it's safe to travel and that they will be in a safe environment. So what you just mentioned that uh, Miami Beach, I think it was issuing, um, you know, some uh, some sort of uh, accreditation is a good move. I mean, how do you think meeting planners should communicate to potential attendees and what issues surrounding that do you see? Well, I think first and foremost, you need to remind them that safety is first and that all precautions have been taken to make sure that they are getting together in a safe and welcoming environment. And I also think it's important if you want attendees to be interested to offer them more flexibility. So you certainly want to have draws that will get them there on site, but at the same time, you also want to provide opportunities for them to be able to go online and access digital learning or be able to pull up videos of programs, or maybe even some unique extras that you haven't provided on site. So there are many ways to split the hair. And I think part of it for meeting planners is going to be figuring out how can we make sure that we capture audience attention wherever they are, whether that's online or whether that's in person. You certainly want people to be there. But again, more and more programs are going to be shrinking to 50 people or less. So maybe that on-site component isn't going to be as important going forward. Yeah, and but uh, uh, kind of the downside of that is a lot of times that on-site component is sort of what fuels the industry, especially when you're talking about filling hotel rooms and sponsorships uh, and revenue going into, say, associations. So there's there's a lot of economics that are going to be uh, sort of disrupted in the near future, um, and then hopefully, you know, kind of returning to equilibrium, uh, you know, maybe in how long would you think, uh, nine months or a year if we're, if we're lucky? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I think what people are saying is basically they think fall is the soonest that live events will start to pick up. But the good news is actually what we found is that about 92% of folks think that live events are going to return in force before 2021. So this year may be a little bit rocky, but as a whole, folks seem to be pretty optimistic about how resilient the meetings and events industry will be. Yeah, and we actually just um, sent out a survey for our meetings today, talk um, poll, and uh, I'm seeing the preliminary results come in, and they're echoing what you're saying there. There's even a lot of folks, um, I think, that are, are you know looking to have meetings before the end of the year. Even some said September um, in October, so... Uh, you know, maybe maybe the situation is not quite as dour as people think it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm an optimist, right? And I think a lot of people are very practical. They're finding ways to work around whatever circumstances bring. And the good news is, at the end of the day, they're going to find ways to put bodies in seats, and they're going to find ways to put eyeballs in front of screens. So meetings and events are only going to continue to be important. In fact, 
if you think about it, we all need more and more a sense of human connection because when you are in a remote and virtual working world, you really don't get a lot of face-to-face -face time with people and you really don't get that chance to build the kind of deeper relationships that you would in meetings and events. So I think we're going to find some very clever and creative ways to work around whatever constraints there are. But I also think it's important to keep in mind, we don't know what the future will bring. And it's entirely possible. You've got a lot of businesses reopening. They may have to close and then reopen again at a later date. And, and this may be the pattern going forward. Yeah, and I guess, you know, everyone is just hoping that a second this wave comes and, and washes ashore and, uh, you know, all bets are off, I guess, if that happens. Yeah, you never know. Although I'll tell you, the uh, irony is we do a lot of keynote speaking and presentations and events, and it seems like there's one theme that keeps coming back up. So pretty much you can be guaranteed from September to December, it's all going to be navigating the new normal, the pathway forward, adapting to change. I, I think we won't hear the end of this for quite some time. But the good news is, again, more and more meeting and event pros are working together and trying to find creative ways to work around the constraints and also to come up with some best practices. I, I know a lot of associations are hard at work trying to come up with just what can you do to make sure that people feel safe, they're ready to get back to business, and that we can all pick up where we left off in an orderly manner. Well, great. Well, thanks for joining us, Scott. Uh, where, where can people find out more about what you do? Yeah, you can check out at BizDev at bizdevassociation.com. Lots of research and insights that we're always publishing there. Or if you want to find out about me personally, it's www.akeynotespeaker.com. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott. My pleasure, Tyler. Thanks again. And that was Scott Steinberg, president and CEO of BizDev, the International Association for Business Development and Strategic Partnerships. Uh, thanks to Scott for joining us, and thanks to all of you out there in podcast listener land for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. If you're interested in more Meetings Today podcasts, head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section. We have a wealth of information and podcasts from thought leaders on a variety of topics and especially as scott mentioned uh everything sort of COVID 19 and uh, new normal right now so lots of interesting uh thought leaders uh pontificating on that subject so thanks for joining us and have a great rest of the day <music>